0: Hey, this is Nick here, senior writer over at Sports Pack 12. And this is going to be our mailbag question segment. So send in your written questions wherever the frick you are in the conference, baby. Send them in. Send them in. And I'll respond via podcast form. And fellow senior writer, Dane Miller, will respond via written column. So seriously, send them in. I have a lot of fun doing this research. Giving back the knowledge, the love, learning your concerns, all that, baby. We got the love, the knowledge. I'm going to give back to the people. Got to do it for yourself first. That's my ethics lessons, but then I'm here for you, the people. So from down south to Arizona, to east out to Utah, to east to the west out to the Palouse of Washington State, we got the Cali schools, we got the Oregon schools, we got Buffs Nation. If I forgot y'all, I'm sorry. In all seriousness, in its in our entirety, we make up the Conference of Champions, the Pac-12, and we're better for it. So without further ado, send in your questions. Let's come together and la 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 la. Let's get to it. So when I first saw today's question, I was like, how boring? Who wants to answer this? Do I really have to research this? Should I answer this? I don't know. All right, turns out it was actually a great question. A lot of fun to research. Turns out now I'm actually really grateful and appreciative for it. So the question is from Jason in San Leandro, California. And it reads, what does Stanford have to do to turn things around in football this season? So again, quickly to reread the question, what does Stanford have to do to turn things around in football this season? So for those of you who haven't been following Stanford over the past decade. Pretty obvious they've been dominant. Not really sure why you don't know this if you're listening to the Sports Pack 12 podcast, but hey, I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to give you some entertainment, solid answer, and get get you on your day, baby. So before I do hop into what I think Stanford needs to do, and it's broken down into three talking points where our four points listed, so we're just going to roll with that. But looking back at last year, four and eight overall, and finished tied for last place in the North, So really a step down and backwards in the program, just not what you'd be expecting exactly out of a Stanford program that's been so dominant, but they were just so injured. And I hate to make excuses for any program. I really do. I think excuses are weak, and you should just find a way to get things done, regardless of the circumstances. But seriously, their whole offensive line was destroyed. It got so bad at one point that they tried a defensive end in a tight end on the O-line. I mean, they were really that decimated in that position. And if you can't block in football, then you really don't have a chance. So I don't want to make excuses for them. They still finished tied for last in the North. And that's the bottom line. Four and eight ain't going to get it done on the Bay. But really, their offensive line was absolutely destroyed. And that's probably aberration, something that will never happen again. Which brings me to my first to three or four talking points. Like I said, three talking points before numbers listed. So number one, to turn the program around, they need to replace, replenish, and restore the offensive line. I really do believe they can do that. They have a couple returning players, some, some players who played last year, some who are returning from injury and some new recruits. So they have a nice balance. Second point, they really need to find a game-changing weapon at a halfback or wideout. I'm not talking about just a consistent player. They really need that one guy that can run a 4-3, put some pressure on the back end of the defense, and give defensive backs, secondary players, safety is mainly something really to worry about. And I know all Cardinal fans are going to love this. I said the same thing about Cal the other week. So you really need one game-changing, 4-3 type guy in the Bay. Whether it's Stanford or Cal, someone's got to find him. I don't know who it is, but someone's got to find him. Third talking point, they need to fill out their defense around the three-star players, or at least three very solid players. They have one good player at each level, so it's going to be cornerback Paulson Adebo in the secondary, defensive end Thomas Booker on the line, and in the middle, linebacker Gabe Reed. Those three are all very solid, formidable weapons, and they should be able to fill, fill it out around them. Fourth point, little bonus point here, call it a little star point. They need to take advantage of their winnable games. So they end the year against BYU at home, must win. And early on in Pac-12 play, they travel down to Arizona and they travel down to UCLA. And I think those two, or excuse me, those three games are very important to the success of Stanford this year. If they can't find a way to win those, it could be a very long season. And it really could be the downfall of the program. Not the downfall, but it could really send them back to mediocrity. That's for sure. So I will get to the, my four talking points, three or four, however you want to phrase it. But before I do that, I'm going to start with the quarterback just because it's football. And then we'll dive into the deep details of the rest of the stuff. So this year, Davis Mills should be the starting quarterback. I'm to say should. We're talking 99.9%. He's the guy. David Shaw actually said that he is the guy in a quote. Where's the exact quote here? Essentially, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where the quote went. But believe me, David Shaw said that he's going to be the starter. And if you look at him last year, he was pretty solid in eight games, 158 on 241 passes for 1,960 yards, 11 touchdowns and five interceptions. His numbers were actually better than KJ Costello last year. KJ Costello was the favorite starter last year, or was the starter last year, but eventually transferred to Mississippi State in the offseason. So it's Mills team now, bottom line. In eight games last year, the Cardinal won two with him under center against Oregon State and Washington. We're talking about Davis Mills here. And he started the last three games last season, and they were all losses. So a bit of a mixed bag. But again, with just that decimated offense line, you can't really blame him. And I think people forget how highly recruited he was. In 2017, he was the top-rated quarterback in the class of 2017. And so that was a class that included Tua Tagalavea and Jake Fromm. So that's some high praise, some high recruiting. And he should have the talent to get it done. I really think he could be a solid player. Probably not fleet of foot, but definitely a solid pocket passer. And again, with that top rated quarterback in the class of 2017, I think he could be a very, very formidable weapon, especially with the line blocking for him, at least giving him some reasonable time. So now hopping in here to the first of three or four points, you're looking at the offensive line, which I believe is the red flag, the gold star, however you want to phrase it. This is what Stanford has to replenish to get back to their power rushing days. And I think they can do it. And again, it's a mixed bag of players all returning, but seriously, a lot of talent and a lot of possible incoming talent. So they return Walker Little, who essentially missed the whole season last year. He was an All-America type player. I believe he actually was an All-American, don't quote me, but an All-America type player for sure. And again, he missed the entirety of all last year with the exception of week one. They also return all Pac-12 center Drew Dahlman back. So right then and there, you have two very solid returning offensive linemen. That should be enough to start with. And the huge addition in recruiting is going to be Miles Hinton. You can consider him a four and a half start prospect. He's a four star in some accounts, five star in other. Bottom line is he's a six-seven, 310 offensive tackle out of Georgia. So he could be a very, very dominant weapon. And then to fill out this offensive line, you have James Pogelrelk, I believe that's how you say it. And he's a four-star offensive tackle at 6'8", 275 pounds out of West Virginia. Or excuse me, out of just Virginia, not West Virginia. He is out of Virginia. So you have four very solid offensive linemen right there. And you're thinking that in itself should be enough to get, I think, Stanford back to the days of power rushing. I mean, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. You have such a dominant force in Walker Little and Drew Dahlman. And if Miles Hinton is something solid, then you're good to go. I mean, really, really good to go. You had James relic and Stanford probably is another solid offensive line. They've had pretty solid recruiting classes over the last four years. So they should be very, very dominant up front again. And I think that in itself takes Stanford back above that 500 mark. At least returns them to a minimum minimum of six and six. So really, their offensive line should be good to go. And that's one thing that should really bode well in Stanford's favor. My second point here is going to be they need that very dominant game-breaking player. And so if you're looking at the halfback position, they really don't have a lot. You're looking at Austin Jones, who had on 45 attempts last season ran for 227 yards, one touchdown. The one solid big takeaway you can t- is, say is five yards per carry, so... That's a nice number to see. Could be the next in the great in the great Stanford running... How the heck do you say that? I'm struggling with this phrase right here. He could be the next in the line of Stanford great running backs. I had to read that directly off my notes. We we're talking no freestyle right there. Directly off the notes to get that one out. But again, I just don't think Austin Jones has enough potential. At least I haven't seen enough yet. But he could be the guy. He, he could be. He's very young, so has the opportunity and wide out, your most well known skilled player entering next season is going to be Simi Foco. Finished the year strong after October 26 or later. He, had, he got five touchdown passes. So that's a fancy stat and a fancy way of saying he had a very solid second half of the season and he could be the guy. Again, I think he could be a consistent weapon, but I don't see him with that game-changing, game-breaking speed necessarily. Michael Wilson could also be another valuable weapon at wideout. So those are going to be the two probably most recognizable games at wide receiver. And if you want to talk about Simi Fahoko for Cardinal fans, he's very similar or could be considered similar to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who's a very good receiver in Stanford's 2018 passing attack. So... Again, Simi Falco, solid player, but I don't consider him a game-breaker or game-changer. Third point, had to go back to their defense, and they, ne- need to fill out the defense over- they need to fill out the defense around all the three-star players. So again, Paulson Adebo at cornerback, Th- Thomas Booker, defensive end, and linebacker Gabe Reed, you've won very solid player on each level. And I'd say linebacking is probably going to be the... Strong point of their defense this year because they do have Jordan Fox and Curtis Robinson around Gabe Reed. So I really do think they should be solid. If they have one very good safety, I really think that's going to be enough to take Stanford back to probably not an elite defense like they were before, but definitely, definitely very solid. I mean, they're 80th in the country last year in points allowed per game, and that's just not going to get it done in the Bay. That's really not acceptable, but I would like to see one very solid safety emerge, and then I think Stanford gets back to a very solid defense. I'm not talking top 10, top 20, but maybe top 30, top 40 type thing. And my last point, looking at their schedule, if they, I'm not going to talk about the end-of-the-year game against PYU. I think so much will be determined by that point. I think that's must-win, but what's most notable to me on their schedule this year is the first four games because they play William Mary at Arizona, then they host USC, and then at UCLA. I think they could very reasonably start off three and one. And if they can do that, the winning tradition might propel itself back to just basically how they were two or three years ago. But if they start off two and two with a loss against Arizona or a loss against UCLA, they could really, really, really be in a bad place. So, those are going to be my four talking points. Wow, I'm not sure we talked for 10 minutes. Turned out a question I was talking a little bit-ish about at the top. Turned out I've had more to say about this than a couple other questions this year. Thanks for the question, Jason. I really do appreciate it. And I really quickly reiterate, what does Stanford have to do to turn things around this year? Replace, replenish, and restore the offensive line. With the four players that I aforementioned, I believe they can do it. They need to find a reliable weapon or a halfback or wideout. They need to fill out the defense around the three-star players of cornerback Paulson Adebo, defensive end Thomas Booker, and linebacker Gabe Reed, and take advantage of their winnable games, most notably early in the season at Arizona and at UCLA. Not trying to hate on Semifoco at wideout, but he's probably not going to be that game-breaker, going back to point number two there. Thanks for the question again, Jason. Have a good day, and hey, man, I thought it was going to be boring, but you came through with some fire. I appreciate it. From Seattle to San Leandro, baby, we out. Man, Cali's got the coolest name, San Leandro. What a cool name of a city. All right, have a good day, y'all.